Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning for me, 12.45 a.m. Decided to wait a little bit on recording this podcast because I know I'm going to be up till 3 a.m. anyway, like any normal Nuggets fan at this point, especially after a loss like this one. This was, unfortunately, a golden opportunity missed by the Nuggets, who were up in the fourth quarter they went up with eight thirty in eight with eight thirty left in the fourth quarter. They were up seven. They give up that lead in ninety seconds, and they never really recovered from that. It was a tough loss. It was a tough way to go. Uh, the Clippers have now claimed the advantage two games to one in this playoff series with a final score of one thirteen to one oh seven. It was only a six point loss. I know it's going to be talked about like more than that. Like the Clippers took care of business and did what they had to do. But the Nuggets had them on the ropes for a long time in this game. They controlled it throughout, really. Like There were a couple of runs that the Clippers had where they, they counterpunched what the Nuggets were initially doing. But the, the Nuggets were the ones who were in control. They really had this game. And it's too bad that things kind of spiraled the way that they did. We're going to talk about that in the first segment. In the second segment, we'll talk about how the Nuggets can recover, what I expect to see going forward. But without further ado, let's talk about the Game 3 loss. Primary takeaways for this game. Uh, the fourth quarter lead slipping away was a really big deal. The Nuggets had all of that momentum after a Jeremy Grant three-pointer with 8.29 left in the fourth quarter. It forced a Clippers timeout. They were The Nuggets were up seven, but... Eight quick points later, uh, the Clippers got three points on a on a nice uh, ATO. I'm pretty sure. Uh, then they got two turnover or two fast break possessions that ended in a layup and a three. And just like that, lightning quickly, the Nuggets had lost the lead. Jokic was on the bench during that initial part of that run and. One of the reasons why the Nuggets gave up that run was because they weren't able to do the right things on the defensive and offensive end. Uh, whether he would have helped or not remains to be seen. It's it's kind of like a hindsight 2020 thing. But it really did feel like that was the time where he needed to get back into the game. Uh, the Nuggets get him in 60 seconds too late. And it, things just kind of spiral immediately. And they can never really recover at that point. Uh, it was too bad. It was too bad the way that things happened. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. missed a layup where I think he got fouled in transition. He was going one-on-two, I think, against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So part of that is his own doing, but part of that just it's tough not getting calls. Um, 
we'll talk about that later. But the fourth quarter lead kind of slipped away. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, they, they didn't really have it in the fourth quarter today. Jamal Murray didn't really have it at all for most of this game, but mostly in the second half for him. Uh, Jokic was really good, but he deferred a lot during this time. He he scored a basket at around the six-minute mark, but didn't score another basket until the 109 mark in the fourth quarter. He went scoreless, had a lot of passes out to, to Jeremy Grant, who was open on a lot of those cases, but couldn't get those shots to drop. If those shots do drop, this game is a lot closer. This game, in those final seconds, it really boils down to who has the ball in the last minute or 30 seconds and can execute at that point. Unfortunately, it didn't go down like that. Uh, Nuggets only shot 32% from three on the game, and that was a big reason why they lost. But not to take away from what Nikola Jokic did, he dominated through the first three quarters of this game. He was awesome. On the night, he had 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. All of those really stand out. So do the seven turnovers that they had, and, and a lot of those turnovers came in the, the flurry at the end of the second quarter that allowed the Nuggets that they were up 10 and then were only up two at the end of the second quarter because of a a two-minute stretch where things just didn't go Nikola Jokic's way at all. Uh, he has to be better in those situations. He will be better, I know that, but... Um, he was doing really well for most of this game. He was scoring in the post, rebounding, uh, creating opportunities for his teammates. He, he hit some nice shots over Avisa Zubac. Um, of course, he, he only gets four free throws, and he draws ticky-tack fouls because of what he does on the perimeter and the fact that he's making a bunch of shots. But uh, he stopped getting calls later in this game, and that really hurt. When the Nuggets needed to get free points at the free throw line, uh, Jokic only had four three throws in this game, and it's not all his fault. He gets hacked. He he has the bruises and the scratch marks to show it. We all know this as Nuggets fans. But it's just a tough place to be. It It's unfortunate. It's about as unfortunate as you can get, where for the first three quarters, he was dominating. He was the best player on the floor again, and it kind of fell apart in that fourth quarter. He was somewhat to do with that, and they just couldn't close it out. Jamal Murray was also part of that. He was inconsistent for the entire game. Um, from the 409 mark in or the 407 mark in the second quarter, that was the last shot he made before he missed 10 in a row. Uh, I can't remember the last time Murray missed 10 in a row. Uh, it just doesn't seem to happen to him anymore because he's a very good player. He's he's really evolved his game. He's elevated the bar so much, especially in the bubble. So to see him struggle right like that is really tough. Uh, had some missed layups. He got blocked at the rim a couple of times. A couple of key critical missed jump shots that would have put the Nuggets in great position down the stretch. And he did do some other nice things, like he had nine assists to two turnovers, and, and I thought played decent defense for most of the time, but ultimately when the shot isn't fall, falling to that degree, the Nuggets just don't have a lot of margin for error, and it really showed up tonight where they played well enough to win, and if Murray gives them an, an additional eight points, then they take the game. So that's tough. He was very critical of himself in the postgame presser. I do believe that he will come back, but 
He's having trouble with Paul George. Paul George is giving him a lot of issues, and the length and physicality and the the athleticism that Paul George has as a primary ball defender. Uh, Murray has to be more creative in terms of getting his shot free, and he can't just rely on calls. He can't just rely on the tough step backs every time because if he if those aren't dropping, it's going to be really tough. So. Kawhi Leonard had his 4 of 17 game in game 2. Jamal Murray had his 5 of 17 game in game 3. Hopefully that's behind Jamal Murray at this point. He is good enough that this shouldn't be an issue again. Uh, If it is, the Nuggets are in trouble. Like They have to have him at such a high level in order to make this work. So he's established that. He's raised the bar for himself, and I do think that he will be better next time around. Next thing, Michael Porter Jr. He did a lot of great stuff tonight. Uh, mostly, mostly good stuff. He was he was bumbling around a lot. Don't get me wrong; like there were some definite moments where I'm sure Michael Malone's inner monologue was just going crazy with what he was doing on the floor, uh, dribbling into traffic, uh, turning the ball over a little bit. Um, had some tough missed shots. He wasn't really passing a ton. Uh, But he did have a lot of good stuff. He was 18 points, 10 rebounds, including, let's see how many of those were offensive. Four offensive rebounds. Had some putback dunks. Had a posterizer on Montrez Harrell. That was probably the dunk of the bubble. Um, It was awesome to watch him and to continue to see him grow into the role that the Nuggets need him to play. He was their second leading scorer tonight behind Nikola Jokic. And if a couple of the other shots go down, if he gets to the free throw line once, which he didn't, even though he was in the lane a lot, um, he will take his game to another level. He had three steals. He only had one turnover. He was a plus six on the night, second only to Monte Morris, who played all of his minutes with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Porter was a big reason why the Nuggets were in this game at the end. He was a big reason why the Nuggets garnered the lead in the first place. I think he's going to play more going forward, and I'll talk about that in the next segment. It's time for Michael Mullen to really let loose with him because they just need high ceiling at this point, Uh, especially if Jamal Murray doesn't have it fully. What's another takeaway here? Oh, the free throw disparity. I talked about that a little bit. I keep referencing it. Uh, the free throw disparity was pretty tough. The Nuggets shot 10 free throws tonight. The Clippers shot 26. On the series, the Nuggets have shot 54 free throws, 18 a game compared to the Clippers' 72, which is uh, 24 a night on average. That's on average an additional six shots that they're going to get at the free throw line. And this isn't really a complaint. It's not super drastic when you look at it like that, but... The Clippers took advantage tonight. They they made an additional 12 free throws over the Nuggets, and the Nuggets lost by six. And in a game that's this close, with teams that are this evenly matched when they're playing at their best, um, the Nuggets have to be able to get to the free throw line and earn those shots, or else it's going to be a quick series for them. They're not going to be able to come back unless they can win the free throw battle a couple of times here. I'm not sure how many times they've actually won the free throw battle in these playoffs. Some of it is their style of play. But, like, Nikola Jokic gets scratched up a lot. 
Jamal Murray attacked the glass. He attacked the free throw line, or he attacked the lane, let me let me say, and actually get that right a lot of times. Murray only attempted two free throws. Jokic only attempted four. Uh, nobody on Denver's bench attempted any free throws. And it's really interesting to see it bear out like that because the Nuggets, I think, they were pretty solid in attacking the basket. They had a lot of attempts around there. They had a lot of shots in the short mid-range, which I'm sure wasn't super helpful, but at some point they're going to have to get some of these calls or else this is going to be over pretty quickly. And that's really tough to say because you don't want the game to boil down to free throws, but if the Clippers are going to get to the line, if every time Montrez Harrell falls down he gets a call, then that's going to be a problem for Denver. They, they can't make up that. Montrez Harrell was a minus five tonight overall, but he attempted 10 free throws, which helped make up for that. He made seven of them, which the Nuggets will take. They'll take a 70% shot, but like, that's, that's still tough. That's still tough. Um, I'm interested in seeing how that plays out because I think it's very possible that the Nuggets just never get back to the level that they need to with the free throw disparity. They need to even that up as much as possible and make it less of a factor. If not, then they're in for a short series, not a long one. Paul George was another one that I think we should talk about. He was the best player on the floor tonight, given the fact that he was defending Jamal Murray, uh, had 32 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. He was very good. 32 points on 18 shots, only five of seven from three. Um, that's going to be a problem if, if the Nuggets have to contend with both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at the levels that they can play. The Nuggets have to be able to match that, and Jokic matched that tonight. Murray did not. Um, if the Nuggets get Murray to match it, then I think their the rest of their roster has the potential to beat the rest of the Clippers roster. So we're going to see how that goes. We're going to see if they can make it work, but I'm a little bit skeptical at this point. There were fewer Tory Craig minutes tonight. He only played six minutes. And one of the reasons for that was because Michael Malone actually changed his rotation just a little bit. Tory Craig finished the first and the third quarters, but Paul Millsap came in to start the second and fourth quarter. And it was interesting. I'm not sure it worked. I'm not sure it didn't, but and I'd have to go back and relook at it. But I thought it really put a lot of pressure on the Clippers' interior defense. And even though Millsap didn't get any offensive rebounds, uh, Mason Plumley got one. Michael Porter Jr. got four. Uh, the Clippers only got three offensive rebounds as a team, and I'm pretty sure all of those came, or not all of them, but like one prevalent one came right at the end of the game. So we're just going to have to see how that bears out. I, I kind of like the idea. I'm not sure if more Paul Millsap is the best thing for this series. I think if he gives you a good 24 minutes, then you say thank you and you appreciate that. But, like, Porter also has to be out there. And I think it's it's very clear, based off of how this series is going, that the Nuggets need his athleticism to really match up with Leonard, Morris, Paul George, uh, Millsap had a great game too. He was not a, it was, it was fine in game three. He wasn't as polished as he was in game two. The scoring was good, 
But he only had two rebounds, and the Nuggets lost the rebounding battle. And usually when they lose the rebounding battle, they lose the game. So we'll see how that bears out going forward. Last note before we take a break. Uh, The Clippers had 30 fast break points tonight. That's a lot. It's actually the largest number that I've seen on fast break points in a long time. I think some of that was the live ball turnovers that the Nuggets were committing. Um, But a lot of it was just the Clippers really choosing to get out and run after a miss. And the Nuggets not being prepared to get back and, and really close off the lanes in time. So if that's the case... If the Nuggets can close down on some of those easy baskets, the transition threes, the drives to the lane, there there weren't as many points in the paint for the Clippers tonight, and there's a reason for that. But the easy way to get points in the paint is to get them in transition when the defense isn't set. So that's going to be a tipping point going forward, and you hope that the Nuggets can get more than the 12 fast break points that they had tonight. I thought they did a decent job of getting out and running, but there's more they can still do. Um, But we'll talk about this in the next segment, but this isn't a perfect encapsulation of where these teams are at. I think it was a 50-50 game that the Nuggets lost. It's too bad that they lost it. They're now down 2-1 in the series, and that really puts them at a disadvantage in winning the series going forward. But we've seen this team come back from 3-1. I don't think they can do that against this team, but they could come back from 2-1. They just have to win game four. We'll be right back to talk about how the Nuggets can do that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. Final segment, only two segments today. Um, it got pretty late. and Frankly, it's, it's tough to talk about this series right now because either the Nuggets look like world beaters or they get blown out or it's a close game and it's a 50-50 game and things just spiral down the stretch and you just need them to make more shots at the end. And that's kind of where we're at with this one, so... I think that Jeremy Grant has to make more shots. I think in games two and three, he has not been up to snuff in terms of his own personal trend that he set and the standard that he set for himself. Um, He was four of eight from two-point range, which is fine, but one of six from three, which is not fine because the looks that he generally gets from three are pretty good. He made one early in the fourth quarter that really caused the Clippers to panic. Uh, But that was the only one he made all game. And there were missed opportunities that he had at the beginning. There were missed opportunities that he had towards the end. Um, He's playing 42 minutes, and it is impossible to ask him to do 
a ton on the offensive end. But the one thing that he has to do at a better rate is make his open three-point shots. He's capable of doing it. He was a 39% three-point shooter on wide-open shots this year. Uh, he's really good. Like he, He's a good jump shooter. I have no doubt in that. Um, Murray and Jokic have elevated their games as three-point shooters. Grant has been mostly good, some bad. I think he needs to be really good going forward for this Nuggets team to really get anywhere because if the Clippers can consistently leave him open and he can't make them pay, that's going to be a big issue for the Nuggets in this series because Grant played 42 minutes. And if you have a guy like that on the floor for 42 minutes of a game, that could be a real death sentence. Next is Jamal Murray just has to be better. I think that that's pretty obvious. So, When Murray has been really good for this Nuggets team, they've won. Anything less than really good for Murray outside of one game against the Utah Jazz in Game 4, and the Nuggets have lost. It's been pretty cut and dry, um, except for Game 7 against Utah, where, where he wasn't at his best, but he still did a lot of things to make things work and had a couple buckets down the stretch. This was different. <coughs> Excuse me. Murray just has to be better. Uh, there were times where Paul George went right at him on the offensive end, and and he, he scored points over Murray where Murray just has to be bigger. He has to, like, there, there are some limitations that he obviously has with his height. He's only 6'4". Paul George is like 6'8", 6'9". But he has to be stronger and in better position in those cases, make it as difficult for Paul George as possible or else they're going to take him take advantage of him in those cases. On the offensive end, uh, Murray had nine assists tonight. He did some good things. He only had two turnovers, limited his mistakes. But the 5 of 17, that's the most important factor. If he can't make at least 8 of 17 or 9 of 17, that's a really tough ask for the rest of the roster because there are only so many shots to go around. Jokic took 24 tonight. Porter took 17. That was a big deal. He made 8 of 17, and I thought he he gave Denver a really good chance to win. Denver has to be better. I think Michael Porter Jr. may start Game 4. That may be a hot take. It's definitely a hot take, given where he was in the rotation after Game 3 of the Utah Jazz Series. When he was benched, the Nuggets started playing better, and they figured it out. This time around, I think the Nuggets need some more athleticism and shooting in their starting lineup on a consistent basis. And I think they need to be able to trust that they can get that in the starting group, because this starting group wasn't as good this time around. They basically played the Clippers even until the fourth quarter, and then when the fourth quarter came... The Nuggets kind of got blitzed. Not having an additional offensive threat outside of Murray and Jokic really hurt the Nuggets in clutch time once again. They got by it in game two because Gary Harris made four threes. Paul Millsap had a couple threes at the beginning of the third quarter. Jeremy Grant hit enough shots. Played excellent defense against Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi was good enough tonight 
and that was that was probably as as bad as you can expect Kawhi to play for the rest of this series. Kawhi tonight had 23 points on 19 shots, one of six from three, 14 rebounds, which is fine. It's whatever they just came to him. Six assists, four turnovers. So Grant did as good of a job as you can really ask of him. I thought he was good. The Nuggets need even better from a floor floor spacing perspective. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. can do that. I think Michael Porter Jr. has the physical talent and the athleticism to really change what the Nuggets can do in their starting group. Because there are a couple of possessions every game where Paul Millsap gets the ball in the post and it's not in the flow of the offense and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And he made one tonight, but most of the time those haven't been good opportunities for Denver to score. And the defense hasn't been good enough to really justify him being out there consistently. Most of the time, the Nuggets are dealing with a mismatch on the defensive end. Whether they get a switch against Jamal Murray, whether they get a switch against Gary Harris and it's Kawhi Leonard going up against a smaller guy, whether Kawhi is going up against Paul Millsap. Millsap is fine on the defensive end especially against Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but so's Michael Porter Jr. He's not worse. Like, I really do think that. And I think the Nuggets at some point, they're going to need to realize that they have to go for ceiling. They have to figure out a way to extrapolate as much offensive talent as they can get because this Clippers team is really freaking good on the defensive end when they lock in. Especially when they decide to go small and they decide to switch everything, the Nuggets are going to need a guy who can get his own shot and who can be willing to take 17 shots if it puts the team in a good position. Porter will take 17 shots. He'll take 25 if you need him to. He's good enough to make more than he misses, and the Nuggets are going to need that, especially as this series gets tighter, and especially if Jamal Murray still gets struggles with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I actually thought he was better against Kawhi than he was against Paul George tonight. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what the Nuggets can do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a really tough call, but I think he's in line for more minutes if he can, if he can handle it. If he starts the game well in game four, he may play 30-plus. And it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Overall, the Nuggets just need better shooting from everybody. 32% from three is probably not going to get it done against this Clippers team. They probably need to be back at 37%, 40%, 43%. And it's a lot to ask, especially for a team that's really struggling on the defensive end to try and contain one of the best tandems in the league. But it's the most important thing to help this Murray-Jokic offense go is to capitalize on the situations where the opposing team decides to throw an extra defender at Jokic, an extra defender at Murray. They've done that a lot. They blitzed a lot to start this game, and the Nuggets took advantage of it. They were making their shots in the first quarter. They were making their shots early, once again. Didn't do it as much in the fourth quarter. 
Denver was at 32 points in the first, 27 in the second, 29 in the third, 19 in the fourth. They couldn't keep up the pace. They need to find a way. They need to put their best pieces on the floor in the fourth quarter. That means that Jokic has to play more. It means that Murray has to play more. That means that Michael Porter Jr. has to play more. It means that Jeremy Grant has to be better on the defense on the offensive end. And Gary Harris has to be, he has to make himself available. He had a good game tonight. Ten points, six assists, four steals. He was a team worst minus 14, but I don't think that has to do with him. I really don't. Last two things before we go. Uh, clean up the turnover flurries. Uh, Jokic had a lot of turnovers at the end of the second quarter. This team can have turnovers in bunches that cause big runs for the opposition that really change the game. Denver can't have those going forward if they want to win this series. they got to limit their mistakes. They have to get a shot up every single time, even if it's not the most efficient shot. They have to have good floor balance. They have to get back in transition, and they have to limit the turnovers. That seems like a pretty good formula to win against this Clippers team. Don't beat yourself. Just force the opposing team to beat you. And then last thing, Will Barton. There was a report by Chris Haynes, who knows Will Barton well, that Will is currently in Miami. He's not in Orlando. He's not in the bubble. He's in Miami. He's being tested every single day. And because of that, he still has hopes in getting back involved with this Nuggets team in possibly Game 6 or Game 7, if they get to that point. That would be a really interesting wrinkle for this Nuggets team, to be able to have Will Barton go out there and give some extra offense and space the floor a little bit and handle and and, and be a playmaker and do the things that he's really good at. Maybe, maybe give some good defense against Paul George or Lou Williams or guys like that. He's capable of doing that as long as he gets healthy. Um, The Nuggets have really missed Will Barton. And him playing shooting guard in this would be a really great thing when Gary Harris needs a break. Or if Gary Harris got in foul trouble. Because the Nuggets have lost Torrey Craig's minutes pretty much every single time that Craig has been on the floor. And that's a big problem for a team that has aspirations, for a team that needs to maximize as many of their minutes and their stretches as possible. They have to be at full strength, and so they haven't been yet. But if Will Barton were to come back, if he were to give them a lift, maybe helps their bench even more than than they were tonight. I think they can definitely pull this off. It would be a 10-15 minutes off the bench kind of thing. Michael Porter Jr. probably at that point can't be taken out of the rotation. But if the Nuggets can just increase their overall talent level, it gives them a chance. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in. Unfortunately for a loss, it was too bad. Uh, The Nuggets are now down 2-1. Game 4 is massively important. I hope the Nuggets come out strong. I hope they really punch the Clippers in the mouth. But ultimately, this team is about resilience. They know what they have to do. They know what the, the stakes are. In this case, they know exactly the threshold that they need to reach in order to win a game. They didn't reach it yesterday or Monday night. 
They can definitely reach it going forward. They've given this Clippers team trouble. This last game was a 50-50 game that they lost. If they win a 50-50 game, it puts them back even. I think they can definitely do that. That'll do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.